How's it going, everybody? Brian Alvarez here on Wrestling Observer Live. We are here every day, Monday through Friday, New Pacific, 3 Eastern, Sunday, 3 Pacific, 6 Eastern. Well, it's Wednesday here on the show, and we got a lot to talk about. And, uh, I mean, we've got news and everything like that, but as usual, you know, what is, what is everyone talking about here today? What feedback have I gotten today? Well, it's all about Joe Gacy. And Braun Breaker. So we do have to talk about that. It was monstrously stupid. But, you know, I had people saying it was uh, WCW caliber, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, how, how short people's memories are. I mean, there's stuff with The Fiend, there's stuff with Alexa Bliss, way worse than this. But, you know, that's uh, it's a low bar. So it was horrible. We'll tell you about that here today. And also, AW Dynamite tonight with a big announcement by Tony Khan. What is the big announcement? Well, Tony Khan did an interview, and uh, Barstool Sports interview, and he talked about a bunch of things, including the possibility of a combined AW Ring of Honor event. So uh, we'll see what the event is. We'll see what the uh, announcement is tonight. NBA playoffs affected Raw as they've affected everything. And boy, did they smash Raw on uh, Monday night. The final segment of the show uh, was uh, just under 1.4 million viewers. It was in the 1.3 million range. Now, of course, before people go, oh, Cody, but Cody was also in the highest rated thing on the show. So this is not an issue with Cody. It's an issue with the NBA playoffs, Better Call Saul, and the fact that this show is three hours long. We'll tell you about that. GCW lawsuit, Casey Catanzaro's real, uh, or her new name, and an interview that she uh, did about that name. And we've got the stipulations for the Taichi Shingo King of Pro Wrestling title match. I think it might have been on the Dave show. Dave said, oh, you know, well, Shingo, uh, you know, he doesn't need to be doing any, uh, any weird stipulations. Wrong. Wait till I get a load of these. Back in a moment with more Observer Live. Back in the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live. I'm Mike Sempervivi, also of WrestlingObserver.com. Who watched NXT 2.0 last night? Raise your hand. Huh? Anybody? Oh, man. That Joe Gacy, Braun Breaker deal. I got over a dozen emails in the span of about 10 minutes when that show ended about how preposterous this was. And uh, for you, for those of you that didn't see it, I mean, uh, Braun Breaker has stolen the Hall of Fame ring of Rick Steiner, who is now confirmed to be the, the father of Braun Breaker. So uh, Braun's running all over trying to find this, this ring and... First, we've got uh, Joe Gacy, video walls everywhere. Him going, ah, and he's. And then they go backstage, and they literally did the uh, thing from WCW where Braun Breaker looks in the mirror, and Joe Gacy's behind him, and he spins around, and there's no Joe Gacy. Somehow, there's a hall of mirrors in the uh, NXT. I don't know what that's all about. And then, uh, and then later, like he's, the whole show, he's looking for Joe Gacy. And so finally in the show, Joe Gacy shows up, and he's he's on he's up in the thing. What do they call that? The uh, nest, whatever the whatever bird's nest or whatever. Cat bird, yeah. So he's up in this nest, and he goes, uh, "I'm here." It's like Braun Breaker's so angry, 
that uh, he starts storming up to the, the crow's nest, or a crow's nest. Starts storming up to the crow's nest, and uh, Joe Gacy goes, hold on a second, buddy. Calm down. So you'll never guess what Braun Breaker does. He calms down. So uh, Joe Gacy says, you know, I know you really want this ring, but uh, I'm going to make you a deal. No tricks, he says. He goes, I will give you this ring back, and all I ask is that you give me a championship match in two weeks at uh, NXT, uh, you know, Busted Open or whatever it's called. Spring Breaker? Spring Break In or something. So uh, Braun Breaker goes, all right, you're on. So the tension has been lifted. So Joe Gacy takes the ring off, takes the ring off, he puts it down the shirt of uh, a Braun Breaker, and then they uh, they look at each other, and then Joe Gacy says, "I don't even. None of this matters." Some dumb line. He goes, "I got one other thing," and then he he shoves Braun Breaker. You gotta take a leap of faith. Yeah, leap of faith. Braun Breaker falls off the uh, crow's nest. You just see him. You know, he disappears off screen, and then you hear clang. And uh, and then you mi- you miss the announcer going the only sound from the announcer. Ooh! And then uh, from there is bizarre. I'm I'm like ninety nine point nine percent sure. From that point forward, it's all pre tape because you never see the crowd again. You see a, a shot looking up at Joe Gacy, but you don't see any people. And then you they have another shot of Braun Breaker. Of course, he's laying flat on cement like he fell off the thing and landed on cement. And uh, you know. At this point, I'm thinking, all right, it's dumb. But, I mean, what's everyone so angry about? Like, it's just a stupid angle. No sooner should I think than Braun Breaker is laying on the cement, and all of a sudden from around him are a dozen druids. Druids! In 2022 in Florida, there are a bunch of druids. I could believe that there. And all the druids, they lift up their their things or whatever, and they start to cover the body of Braun. He goes, ah! And that's how the show goes off the air. Get that, off me! Get off me! That, that was stupid. <laughs> and that's how the show went off the air. And uh, you know what? I, I couldn't help but... Uh, I couldn't help but notice. What's that? Well, you remember when uh, Vince McMahon did that interview with uh, McAfee? And he goes, you know, sometimes we we make mistakes. By the way, it doesn't mention a mistake he ever made, just in general. You know, sometimes we make mistakes, and what we do is we we learn from those mistakes. That's what he said. And I, I couldn't I couldn't help but think that, you know, they had this guy, the fiend, and they did a whole bunch of absolutely God-awful, horrible television with this guy. And uh, do you remember what happened to The Fiend? Got released? Got fired, yeah. Yeah. So then he's gone, and then they decide, you know what we're going to do is we're going to make a female Fiend. And so Alexa Bliss is the new Fiend, after they fired the first guy. And uh, some of the absolute dumbest stupid stuff you ever saw on television. She's teleporting and all this other crap. 
And, uh, and I can't help but notice I have not seen her for a long time. She she vanished, and then they did a bunch of equally stupid vignettes, and then she had one match, and then she vanished again, and we haven't seen her. And now you go, of course you know you go online and uh, you know I don't know, but the rumors are that she's she's unhappy. Gee, I wonder why. Why would she be unhappy? Oh, maybe, you know, she did six weeks of vignettes and then they had no plan. And then she had one match and then vanished. And then she wasn't even on WrestleMania. I wonder if it could possibly be true that she would be frustrated. But anyway, that's two now. That's two fiend-related gimmicks involving horrible television where the, uh, you know, the antagonist here, first the fiend and then Alexa, it's like, then they, it's just like, they're gone. It's like a curse. Well, now... Now someone's decided, well, we need another fiend. It'll be Joe Gacy. He'll laugh and he'll teleport and he'll be in mirrors even though he's not there. And I'm like, bro, how many, honestly, how many times are we going to do this stupid crap and not figure out that it sucks and that nobody wants to see the individuals involved? They never get over. And it's like, they're cursed when they get strapped with this stupid... How many times do we have to do this? Am I wrong? Forever. Because they make movies. And no, they don't make Vince, movies. This is what they say. This is what they believe. This is what Vince believes. And... I, come on. Look, the the cinematics, the, all the things that we've gotten. Vince loves this stuff. And when sometimes when it hits... It's really good. <laughs> Other times, it's not. And to be honest, it hasn't hit all that often for me, no matter who is doing it, whether it be Alexa Bliss or Bray Wyatt or now Joe Gacy. How do these people get control of all the production? That's another thing, too. Wrestlers taking over the production and Joe Gacy being able to just, you know, run wild in NXT. Isn't that place small enough where you can actually, you know, do something? But then again, there's carnage all over this show. There's little mini movies taking place all over the place. Look at the heavy handedness of Tony D'Angelo and every single mafia movie stereotype being brought out in very short order in this battle against Legato de Fantasma, right? I mean, that's what this whole show is about. That's what they like to do. That's where this show is more like the main roster than it ever has been because they love doing this stuff and the people be damned. <laughs> you know, whether this is good for Joe Gacy or not, doesn't matter. We have an idea. We have a plan. If it doesn't work out, eh, yeah, then we go on to the next one. That's what they do. I'm not surprised by this at all. Was it good? No. Is this what I want to see Braun Breaker doing? No. But in their mind, is this readying him for the main roster and all the sports entertainment that he's going to be doing? Yeah. I guess in their mind, they do. I don't even think they think that. I think they just came up with a stupid idea. They did a challenger for Braun Breaker, and they looked at that whole roster. They were like, you know you know who's going to be a great challenger for Braun Breaker? Joe Gacy. Where's Powder? I don't know. He wasn't there. Huh. Maybe he watched this thing and he was like, I can't be involved in this. I'll go back to football. <laughs> I'd rather do anything. And, you know, I got to yeah. give the guy credit. I mean, you know, Braun Breaker, I mean, low bar, but he was fine in these segments. I mean, he was an angry, he was an angry guy looking around for a ring. It wasn't this horrible acting that we see every time, you know, Persia Parada and 
what's her face? All, Indy, all of them. Indy Hartwell Indy on screen. And, yes. I mean, it was it was like the the Look, stuff was bad, but I mean, he did fine. Back in, in a moment. He's not bad either. Back in a moment. Observer Live. Back in the show, Brian Elber is here, Wrestling Observer Live. Mike Sembravivi, also of WrestlingObserver.com. Can hey, I co- say something? I guess. Because he gave me the look when we were going to break. Joe Gacy, for what they want him to do, is doing it. And I know the whole thing is annoying, but as far as Joe Gacy's performance, much like Alexa Bliss a lot of the time, they're actually doing a good job. It's just everything about it doesn't appeal to me. But you can't say that he Breaker is doing this great job, whereas Joe Gacy isn't. <laughs> they're doing a great job, but none of it appeals to me. That sounds like they're doing an awesome job. Well, I mean, is it more WWE in the stories they're coming up with? If Joe Gacy was given this on his own, do you think they could come up with something a little bit better with, with if it's Rex Steiner and, and Joe Gacy, wherever the hell his name was before this? Like, do you think they could come up with something better? I would, I would think so. You know, a combined AEW Ring of Honor event may happen one day if it makes sense, according to the owner of both companies. Didn't we just see that? It was Battle of the Belts. Well, sort of. What do you mean, sort of? It was totally a combined AEW Ring of Honor. A combined? They had one match on a three-match card. It's not a combined Dude, like banger of a card. We had Ring of Honor Jesus matches. Christmas. We had AEW matches. We had an AEW star <laughs> with a Ring of Honor belt. I mean, no, you can't get more oh AEW Ring God. of Honor than that. Oh, you mean the Terminus champion? No, I'm talking about uh, what's-his-face? Wheeler, who is the pure champion of Ring of Honor. You already forget about that? Wheeler Yuta is purely a champion of Ring of Honor. Oh, my God. So he says that maybe one of these days, maybe one of these days there will be a combined show, everybody. Well, New Japan we'll have be to there. wait and see. That's the question. A try show. That's what we're all looking for. All this banter about what this, this thing is going to be tonight. The Briscoe's here, by the way, so don't blame me. With competition for the NBA playoffs, Raw dropped to its lowest total viewership number since the end of football season. 1.65 million viewers overall. 0.47 in 18 to 49. 0.32 in 18 to 34. Major key was a big drop in hour three caused by the Golden State Warriors. The best drawing team left in the playoffs versus Denver Nuggets game. Did 3.22 million viewers and 1.08 in 18 to 49. Toronto Raptors, Philadelphia 76ers against the first two hours, 2.74 million and a point nine six in 18 to 49. 23rd biggest first to third hour drop in history. A lot of other stuff here. You know, we had a guy yesterday that did say that uh, obviously there was NBA competition, but uh, the I think it was a debut of the final season of Better Call Saul. He accurately predicted it would be going head-to-head starting an hour two and was going to kill Raw. And if you look at the uh, quarter hours for Raw, uh, the first hour was very, very stable, downright totally fine. And then that, that, that second hour plunged, and the third hour plunged even further. 1.80 million for the first hour, 1.69 million for the second hour, 1.46 million for the third hour, 1.38 million, I believe, for the final quarter. Ooh. So that show fell off. A cliff there. And actually, Brandon Thurston has got the uh, the quarter hours here. Because I know that uh, you know, everyone's going to freak out about 
Uh, oh, Cody, blah, blah, blah. So uh, in viewers, yes, the uh, the Cody match with Seth Rollins did 1.398 million viewers. That's bad. Uh, the Cody interview with Seth, the same two guys, 1.8, uh, 1.9 million viewers. So it did the highest and the lowest quarter of the show. So you can't say, oh, it's all Cody's fault, it's all Seth's fault. No, that's just, uh, I mean, literally, the first the first hour averaged 1.8 million viewers. And the second, that second hour hit 1-7, Also goes to show that nobody cared about who the mystery opponent was going to be for Cody Rhodes. Because, uh... Yeah. It didn't help. <laughs> that didn't help. You know, good night for Roman Reigns to take off, that's for sure. You know, and maybe they they don't give him too many more nights off, at least while all this stuff is happening, and uh, you just advertise him for something, even if it's just showing up in the last quarter, just to see if you can pop something. Because I don't know who, if, if it's not him or Brock Lesnar, I'm not sure else is going to be able to move anything, or you know, what else you're going to be able to advertise that's really going to strike people's fancy. We've also got GCW and IWTV have reached a settlement. IWTV filed a lawsuit against GCW for breach of contract in 2020. Streaming service claimed they had an exclusive agreement with the promotion for filming, producing, and digitally distributing their pay-per-view content. IWTV alleges GCW broke their deal when they began streaming their events on Fight TV in December of 2020. GCW announced Wednesday they've reached a settlement. GCW is pleased to announce that we have come to terms on a settlement agreement with IWTV that brings an end to litigation between the parties. Agreement represents a significant milestone for GCW, but most importantly serves as a victory for independent wrestling and its fans. Statement continues to say, as part of the settlement, GCW will produce a series of eight live events to be streamed on IWTV that will be titled the Settlement Series. The Settlement Series. I like it. <laughs> hey, make some hay out of it. You're both going to make money, whatever it's going to be. And you're probably going to get some pretty good matches. Some IWTV, I, I, they, their last couple champions, I mean, you you fought Orange Cassidy for that title. Wheeler Yuta was, you know, I'm not sure who's got it now, if Yuta still does or not. I, I've kind of lost track of it. But, like... That's actually not a bad thing. I would love to see the, you know, every once in a while, maybe on WrestleMania weekend, all out weekend, something like that. IWTV having that type of thing with all the promotions that they have under their umbrella to have kind of a series like that against, you know, the defies or whoever it is that's not under their umbrella. It's not a bad idea. It would probably work out pretty well for both sides. I'm more talking about being calling it the settlement series. Why? Well, you know, I remember it's obviously a little bit different, but uh, <laughs> in uh, are they mowing your walls? They're actually yeah. It's, the size of these machines for the the lots are it's insane. Anyway, I remember when uh, I, I don't know if you guys remember the uh, COVID nineteen pandemic. Heard of it? Shut down the world, yeah. but uh, everything shut down around here about uh, the second week of March of twenty twenty. And uh, there had been a, uh, there's a gym around here that was running a kids camp. And uh, it was going to be the end of March, two weeks after things had started to shut down. And they uh, renamed it Outbreak Camp 2020. <laughs> Didn't do very well. Uh, that worked out for him, yeah. yeah. It was uh, 
poor choice of a camp name. <laughs> Casey Canzaro's been given a new ring name. Now, listen, everybody. Listen to me, okay? Listen. I am politely asking that uh, before you completely ridicule this, you, she actually, you can go and watch the video for yourself. Maybe it'll be better than when I read what she said. In a video uploaded after this week's NXT, it was confirmed that Catanzaro is now going by the name Katana Chance. Should have been like, Kanata Chance. Chance and Caden Carter will face Ulyssa Leone and Valentina Faraz on NXT next Tuesday. Both teams are looking to challenge Toxic Attraction. She said, and I quote, Everyone knows me as Casey Catanzaro, and that is me. But there are parts of me that people have not seen, except maybe Caden, where I get to do what I want. And that's like shooting back straight whiskey and letting loose. And Caden isn't the only one that can party and shake a little something. That is Katana Chance. And that is the energy that I'll be bringing to NXT from now on. Wasn't that the Casey Catanzaro gimmick? Remember they went out and they drank and they partied and they went to festivals all the time? That was the, yeah. the storyline. <laughs> so that's her new name. And by the way, if anybody actually did watch NXT 2.0, I, I was not paying good enough attention, but uh, Raul Mendoza was on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, did they mention that he had a new name or did they just start calling him his new name? Because I think they just started calling him his new name. They were well, just they- like... Hot tag to Del Toro, and I was like, well, they, Benicio Del Toro's here. <laughs> so, well, they started That's calling a big him that star. last week. They started calling him that last week. They did? Yes, yes, uh, they did. That's paying great attention. They, well, yeah, he was the only one whose name they they announced and was was planted on him. So, yeah, yeah, they, did. A, uh, they You know, it's funny, and these people are right. Uh, so, you know, every time uh, uh, Gunter comes out, the fans chant Walter. Mm-hmm. Well, they had no problem with Del Toro. I guess they like that name better. They had a Pretty big cool Del name. Toro chant when uh, Raul... Ma- so they, they didn't uh, get angry about that one. But they definitely got angry that Valter was now Gunther. But it's okay to call the guy Del Toro, apparently. I don't know how these fans think. I can't figure it out. So next week on uh, NXT, we got Solo Sokoa, Trick Williams, Fallon Henley, Josh Briggs, and Brooks Jensen... Against Legato del Fantasma, which I thought Legato del Fantasma turned babyface. That's what I got out of the show last night, but guess not. Nikita Lyons and Lash <laughs> Legend again. Baby faces and heels in this in this thing. A, a chase, all of them. Everything is just a complete mess. There are no baby faces and heels. Nathan, there are very few. Frazier makes his NXT 2.0 debut with that haircut in 2022. I don't know that. <laughs> and uh, Katana Chance. And Caden Carter will face Ulyssa Leone and Valentina Faraz, unless they get new names. That's possible. We're going to talk about the uh, King of Pro Wrestling stip after the break, and then NXT 2.0, and more. Observer Live. Back on the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live. Mike Sabravivi, also of WrestlingObserver.com. So uh, Shingo Takagi will be fighting for the King of Pro Wrestling 2022 championship here mm. king of pro wrestling what do they call it the king of pro wrestling provisional provisional yeah what does that mean anyway uh the provisional 
That's a that's a big word. What does that mean, everybody? The King of Pro Wrestling provisional title. What is being pro- provisioned? Anybody? Nobody? Do they All even right. know? So anyway, uh, he's going to defend it, and they're going to do a fan vote on Twitter to determine which of these stipulations will be chosen for their match in Hiroshima on April 25th. I'm still looking, and nobody has any idea. <laughs> here, let me just go to here, for heaven's sakes. Look it up on the internet. That's All right. Provisional. Arranged or existing for the present. Possibly to be changed later. Well, I guess it is provisional because mm-hmm. it's the it's provi- it's 2022. So that's um, also here relating to the unofficial wings of the Irish Republican Army in Sinn Fein, established in 1969 and advocating terrorism. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think they do that anymore, though. So this person says it's basically temporary. Yeah, it is. Well, it makes sense. I mean, it's been going on for years now. Yeah, but I guess it's the rule changes, which also have now been going on for a long time, and. Uh, I'm sure you love this. I think it sucks. I hate this. Well, anyway. Uh, I love Toriyama. I think it's thing. great, but it does nothing for me. He won the trophy. Shut up. You're an idiot. Okay, so Taichi has proposed a 30-count... Oh, God. See? A, uh, this one involves math. So it's a 30-count <clears throat> match where the first wrestler to get a combined 30-count on their opponent in pinfall attempts throughout the match is declared the winner. Do you realize that you would have to get... Uh, 15 two counts on Shingo to make this work. Dude, fans get confused. Like, if you go north of 10, if you're punching somebody in the corner, who's yeah, going to be a big There needs to be a big clock board? on the screen or something like that. And then uh, the other one, Taichi, that's Taichi's suggestion. Takagi has proposed, quote, a Takagi-style three falls match. The first to three falls is the winner. But rather than being best three out of five... A competitor must get first a one count, then a two count, and then a three count. So whoever gets a one count first, that's the first fall. Whoever gets a two count next is the second fall. And then the winner must get a three count for the third fall. Hey, Brian, you remember all those legendary matches where they would have amateur rules where it would be like Mike Rotundo and Jimmy Garvin, you have to pin somebody for a one count? Yeah. No, see, do you really, though? Nobody really does. Well, no one does. Why are you bringing this back? Bro, Why are you doing bigger... that and having a two count for two and then you beat the guy with a three? It's just Here's the bigger ah. issue, okay? I don't know if you guys are aware of this or not, but it's 2020, which mm-hmm. means that there has been professional... It's 2022, Brian. Uh, the point is the decade. The point is there has been wrestling in this country going on 140 years, mm. and probably even further back than that, because they did uh, they did wrestling matches during the Civil War. But uh, the fact of the matter is... Yes? If no one in 140 years has done a match under these stupid rules, there's probably a reason for that. There's a reason that uh, that it took 120 years for some idiot to come up with a reverse battle royal. Because it's stupid. Should we talk about NXT? Tell me how this works for you. Actually, you know what? I do want to see one more King of Pro Wrestling Championship defense by Toriano. Just one more. And you know who I'd like to see in that match? Filthy Tom Lawler. So he can end this all for good and become the Rat King. So NXT opened up with Elton Prince and Kit Wilson. This was a busy show. Pretty deadly. They're the new tag team champs. They did a promo. And then uh, uh, 
Drake and they're not the grizzled young vets anymore. They just have to, one just name dropped each. it. Yes, it's yeah. Drake and Gibson. They they they're they they literally lost their team name and a half of their names. So Drake and Gibson come out, and they won a championship match. Then Electra Lopez, who actually still has a first and last name, she comes out, and uh, there's a big brawl and uh, pretty deadly runs away, and uh, like I said, Legado del Fantasma told Babyface on this show, but apparently they're not. And then Braun Breaker comes out, and we have the beginning of this stupid stuff with Joe Gacy and his laughing. We have uh, Tiffany Stratton versus Sarai, and uh, <laughs> Tiffany beat her clean in the middle, no. twisting uh, Vader Bomb off the middle rope. Three Match is fine. On that. Three weeks. I mean, yeah, they had a lot of time to work on it. Sarai is really good. But uh, a, she looks like a star. Str- Tiffany Stratton looks like a WWE main roster star. How long it takes for them to pull her up there when she should probably have a lot more seasoning, who knows? But it's probably going to be sooner rather than later. We have uh, Pretty Deadly. Uh, they show up in Indy Hartwell and Persia Parada there, and they're hitting on them. And then uh, Hartwell and Parada want a match. And they're like, oh, man, I can name the place. But then they reveal the match is actually with Dexter Loomis and Duke Hudson, and Pretty Deadly doesn't want the match, but we get the match for later. Uh, Grayson Waller does an interview. He has broken up with Sangha after what happened. And uh, Sangha shows up and uh, chases Grayson Waller. They have a match, and uh, believe it or not, Grayson Waller pins Sangha with his move. So for those of you keeping track, Sangha has never won a single match in NXT. Big giant, he's lost every single match he's ever had, and he lost another one here. And uh, my guess is that uh, Sangha and Veer are going to end up a tag team on Monday Night Raw. And for those of you, for those of you that have not seen uh, Sangha, help me describe Sangha. Yes. He's Braun Strowman. But he's a lot smarter, because Braun Strowman's an idiot. But uh, Sangha... They dress him exactly the same. Literally, he's got the same pants. He's got the same boots. He's got the same singlet. He's got the same ponytail. He's got the same beard. I mean, literally, I swear to God, you'll never not you'll never not see it. He looks exactly like Braun Strowman, but he's younger and smarter. So now he's going to the main roster, and the other guy is working at a taco festival. We had a vignette with the former Roxy, who's now Roxanne Perez, and uh, she is challenged by uh, Toxic Attraction, and that led to a match later, which was a good match. Legado del Fantasma versus, uh, uh, you know, those two guys, <laughs> with the Drake hair. and Gibson. Well, one has hair, I guess, yeah. yeah they had a uh, good match, and uh, Legado del Fantasma won, and, uh, and that was that. Can you imagine if they just would have let them be wrestlers and you put Legato and the Grizzled Young Vets and you kept Bartel and Eichner together and you just brought all of them up to the main roster? We wouldn't have to see Street Profits and Usos and RK-Bro over and over again. And for Randy Orton's sake, he'd have somebody else to work with besides the Street Profits, who he seems to be getting tired of. We had Carmelo Hayes and Santos Escobar. Okay, listen, everybody. Listen, okay. Santos Escobar is like he's really good, and Carmelo Hayes is is good, and uh, because they're a certain level of good, the match was actually pretty good. But bro, 
this had to be the worst possible match these two could have together. They looked lost constantly in this. Am I the only one? I'm watching this match, and they had no idea what was going on. But it still ended up being all right. But, man, they're just on two separate planets doing this match. And I think part of it might have been that Santos Escobar was working babyface here. And, uh, I mean, they're just constantly talking to each other. And, like, they're in one corner, and then they just walk to the other corner. And I can't even figure out why, because nothing happened in that corner either. I was just, I could not figure out what was going on in this match. But um, they, uh, they... But even with all that, it was all right. It's yeah, it was. It was amazing. You wanted to be really... I thought I was hoping it was going to be really, really good. And you know they have it in them. And do the, I would love to see them rewind this one back. I don't know if they will because of what's going on, you know, with obviously Cameron Grimes and, and the deal with Tony D'Angelo. So, but I'd love to see it again, different circumstances. So then two dorks show up and uh, there's a distraction and... Uh, Escobar uh, gets pinned as a result because of these these two men, which we'll find out more about them later. And then Hayes wants a shot against Cameron Grimes at uh, Spring Breakin'. That's what it's called in two weeks. Uh, and Solisco shows up, and so they're going to end up having a three-way. Spring Breakin' to Electric Boogaloo next year. Why isn't it like Spring Breaker when you have Braun Breaker right there? Why not theme it out that way? Why? Mm-hmm. We had uh, we had Natty versus Tatum Paxley, and uh, this was a really interesting match because Natty must be pretty good at carrying people because for the most part this match was actually really good until Tatum Paxley like had to be in charge and then it just totally fell apart. She just stood there. She just looked at Natty, didn't know what to do in her comeback. But, like, whenever Natty was, like, controlling the match, it was good. So Tatum Paxley, I can I can say, can be carried. But she can only be carried by someone like Natty. So uh, sharpshooter finish, that was the end of that. Tony D'Angelo's in the parking lot. He's asked if he had anything to do with the blokes that uh, appeared at the Escobar match. He says no. Later, Santos and everybody are leaving. There's a dead fish on their car. And uh, Santos Escobar goes, a dead fish? This can only mean one person. And, bro, I was just waiting for him to have to explain who it was to the idiots watching. But they actually didn't have him do it. So we were able to uh, figure it out on our own. Don't forget the boot on the car, too. After he had, earlier on, Tony D'Angelo made a crack about nice wheels. They come out and there's a government, you know, cop-sized, you know, lock on the front tire. So So this uh, Zion Quinn, he's been a babyface. But, uh, you know, there have been weird things that have happened, like, you know, a couple of weeks ago, uh, uh, the one guy, the, the military guy, he's, do, he's like, watching something, and Zion Quinn rudely shows up and tells him to stop watching it. And then the guy's like, don't tell me what to do. And Zion goes, now you must be taught a lesson in respect. And I was like, you're a jerk. <laughs> well, this week, poor Wes Lee's backstage. His partner, no explanation. His partner has vanished off the face of the earth. They've been stripped of the titles. They don't talk about him. There's no nothing. So they're interviewing poor Wesley, and they're like, how are you feeling, Wesley? And, of course, Wesley can't mention this either, so he's just like, man, you know, I've been really down. i got a lot of questions. And, and Zion Quinn shows up. He starts acting like a jerk again. <laughs> and I'm like, so has he turned heel, and I just found out about it? So they end up doing a match. It's Wesley He's the manifestation versus... of the NXT uh, studio audience there. He's a That's total he jerk. <laughs> so they have a match. 
And uh, Zion Quinn versus Wesley. And I, man, Wesley had questions before this poor guy. He got beat. And not only that, remember that interview with Randy Orton where he's talking about how uh, these NXT guys aren't taught to take care of their opponents? Bro, this Zion Quinn, he did a flying form for the finish. He hit this guy so hard, I thought he killed him. They showed a replay. And usually on the replays, it's slow motion, and they speed it up at the end so you can't actually see. Not this one. They do the slow motion. He hit this guy so hard and then pinned him. I was like, my God, anything else? And then we had uh, Roxanne Perez, the former Roxy against JC Jane. Roxanne Perez is good. And uh, this was a good match. She got the win with the code red. I like this a lot. Did you like the setup for it? Uh, the interview, we talked about that. That's... It was goofy. And then uh, the main event was pretty deadly against Dexter Loomis and Duke Hudson. I thought it was a pretty good match. I like this pretty deadly. They're right up my alley as a team. And, uh, of course, distraction finish. And then uh, Hudson got pinned. Champions retained their belts. And then we had the stupid stuff with Joe Gacy and Braun Breaker at the end. Back in a moment, everybody. Observer Live. Okay, I didn't I didn't talk about Nikita Lyons, but I got to mm-hmm. talk about this segment. I am begging you, if you're listening to this right now, you have got to watch the interview segment with Natty and Nikita Lyons. <laughs> so Natty's walking backstage, and they're interviewing her about Cora Jade, and all of a sudden, Nikita Lyons just walks up from off screen, and she's standing there. And uh, I don't have all the dialogue, but uh, the gist of it is, Natty says something like, oh, who are you? And I swear to God, Nikita's standing there, and there's like a long pause, and then she goes. <clears throat> and then she launches into her, her whole character. It was the most, it was the weirdest thing. So then they're starting, they go back and forth, and uh, and they're going to do a challenge. Uh, Nikita's facing uh, Lash Legend next week, and then she wants Natty. But like every time one of the others stopped talking, there was just like this awkward silence. And they look at each other for a while. Then they'd stop talking. Then one of them would awkwardly look a different direction and smile. Like they're both waiting for someone to go, cut! Let's do it again. But the guy filming was refusing to cut it and start over. And so they did the whole thing. I'm just dying watching this. And so my, my, I like had two questions. I don't know the answer. It's like, A, was this live? And if so, why? And B, was it taped? And if so, why did this air? Why didn't you tape it again? You guys got to go watch this. It was, I don't even know what happened here. Nikita does uh, decree that she is flexible, which will help her with the sharpshooter. And yeah, well, look, that's getting them ready for the main roster. The long fade out that they do sometimes on the main roster, which feels like a rib. That's what this one felt like. We're out of time, everybody. Lance Storm show today, 5 Pacific, 8 Eastern. It's going to be late today due to uh, scheduling conflict. So uh, that's tonight, 5 Pacific, 8 Eastern. Later on tonight with Dave. Back tomorrow, Observer Live. Thanks to Mike, as always, callers and listeners up to the studio. We'll talk to you next time, Wrestling Observer Live.